Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Turn with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 16. I'm not going to go through this entire outline. We added on from last week's outline. We just didn't get to everything. We've been uh, talking about the mighty mountain-moving power of prayer, learning to pray with passion and power. Prayer is an ongoing conversation between a loving father and his son and daughter. It's a partnership. God chooses to do certain things in the earth for whatever reason, only through the agency of partnership with his children. And that comes through the vehicle of prayer. You got here today in a vehicle. There is a vehicle called prayer that God uses to do things that He has decided to do and is at work to do. We talked about all kinds of prayer and faith and how it's released and We talked about uh, Mark chapter 11, about the power to move mountains, the power of faith. We talked about the principle of learning to pray in power. And you know, the question may come, and people are listening to these all over the world now, I've told you that. The question may come, why is there such a need for that kind of warfare prayer? Because we live in a clash of kingdoms. You are a carrier of the kingdom of heaven living in you right now. But guess what? You live in a world that is under the influence of the evil one. It's a dark place. The apostle John said, all that is in the world... The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the boastful pride of life. And the whole world lies under the influence, under the sway of the evil one. So those of us who are carriers of the life of God, there is a clash of kingdoms that you and I are involved in every time. And we talked about how Jesus has been given all authority now through his life, his death, his resurrection and ascension. He is been given all authority in heaven and on earth. We've talked about the scriptures that do that. But guess what? You're, you're the enforcement agency of the authority on the earth. God decrees from heaven, but the connection, the enforcement of... Listen, God may be the executive branch and the legislative branch, But the church is the enforcement branch. If you don't walk in the authority that Jesus has given you, then there are certain things that won't be done. If somebody breaks into my house today, there are laws on the books that that is illegal. 
But unless there is an agency like that man standing back there right there in the, in the doorway, unless there is an agency on the earth to enforce those laws, there's still going to be a thief at loose. The church, the body of Christ, you and I, in whom Christ dwells, we are the enforcement agency, and that means we've got to make some arrests. That means we've got to labor and fight the good fight of faith. There's warfare. What does the Word say in Ephesians 6? Put on the entire armor of God that you may resist. Resist. Put up a fight. Resist. There's a warfare going on. Last, last time we ended with Matthew chapter 16. Let's look at it again. Before Jesus left the earth, he asked, who do people say that I am? And uh, they begin to give him all the answers. They're beginning in verse 13. Verse 14 says, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Christ in the Greek means anointed one. You are the one. You know what anointing is? It is God's supernatural power and authority poured out on a man or woman who is willing to receive it. Christ means the anointed one. The one who is anointed with all the power and authority of God. The anointed one. How many of you read the book of Acts where it says, and the first Christians and the first believers were called Christians? You know what that means? Christ is the anointed one. Christian means a little anointed one. Do you know that you, you are under the lordship of the anointed one, but the God's name for you that he chose is little anointed one? you got the authority of God Almighty walking around on the inside of you in Jesus Christ. Little anointed one. The little, and, and do you know that the early church, they got it, man. Under the control and direction of the Holy Spirit, they lived like little anointed ones and the whole Roman Empire was changed. Jesus said, verse 17, Blessed are you, Simon, son of John, for flesh and blood is not revealed to you. Hadn't revealed this to you, that I am the Son of the living God, the Anointed One. But my Father, who is in heaven, has revealed that. And so I say to you, you are Peter. You are Petros. And on this rock, the rock of the revelation that I am the Anointed One, I will build my Petra, my church, and the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, shall not prevail against it. You ever seen a gate out there fighting somebody? You ever seen a gate shooting a gun or carrying a sword? The church is not to, to cower and say, oh, the gates of hell are coming after me. Gates don't do anything. The church are to take the anointed one and his authority and break down the gates. 
kind of gates are we talking about? Just by example, last week, I gave you prayer examples of the principles of learning to do warfare prayer. Everybody remember what they are? Alignment and enforcement. Alignment and enforcement. When I've got a situation, when I've got a circumstance, when I've got something that has come against me, when I become aware of that, I've got to align myself with the truth of who owns and who is in charge of the final result. If not, I think I would be in charge. You can't change your children, can you? You can make input, but you can't change any human being. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, you can't even change yourself. Amen? Alignment. Go before the Father and recognize this is yours. Go before the Father and recognize you have, been, you have given Jesus all authority in heaven and earth, and Jesus' authority is in me. Go and align. Get yourself lined up with the truth. We gave examples of praying for finances and business last week. Read the, listen to the tape. We, talk, we gave an example of getting lined up to pray for physical issues last week. What is it that's on your plate? What is it that you are in a place of battle for? Are you taking any ground? Oh, your, your children are, are breaking your heart. Well, how would that sound? Your children are breaking your heart. Father, I thank you that my son, my daughter, you have given them to me as a gift. And for whatever reason, you believed, you trusted that I would be strong enough to bear this pain that they're in right now and that I'm having to walk in and share. You somehow chose me to be their parent. Out of all the parents in the earth, I thank you that my daughter is mine. I thank you that this daughter is mine. This son is mine. I thank you that you've considered me capable of walking with you in prayer and partnering with you as a parent to this child in this time of struggle. They belong to you. And I stand on the promise that as I minister to them, as I invest in them, the love of God and the Word of God, when they're old, they will not depart from it. And I hereby thank you, O God, that as a father, you know my breaking heart today. And I thank you that you're at work. Enable me to constantly look for what you are doing in their life like the prodigal father, the prodigal son's father, who continually looked for him to return before there was ever any sign on the horizon of being able to see him in the spirit realm. I thank you that you're at work, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. I'm aligning. This child is yours. Now I need to enforce. I say to you, O God, that on the basis of your precious and magnificent promises, I come before the throne of heaven where there is all authority. And I stand in the legal right of the blood of Jesus. And I hereby declare that this child, 
these children belong to you and that the evil one will not have them. I know he's come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I plead the blood of Jesus over my children today. I ask you, O oh God, that you would dispatch holy angels all around my children. I pray that you would protect them, that you would keep them, that you would send into their lives those that you have ordained to be carriers of your good news, to be those in their life that they would gravitate toward. I bring them somebody that you have brought into their life for their well-being. And I declare today that my child shall not shall not be under the influence of the evil one, but will they'll have their eyes wide open and that you'll open their heart to believe and what bring them to repentance and faith. Are you enforcement? Alignment. They're yours, oh God. They're yours. Enforcement. How do you enforce? The word says that the word of God is a sharp two-edged sword. When you begin to proclaim the promises of the word, that's the enforcement agency. That's where the authority is. That's where the power is. It is in the word of God in your own heart, in your own mouth, releasing that word over that situation. Well, by the way, do you, have you claimed the ground of the atmosphere of your house? I bet you some of you have got stuff going on at your house that you still can't figure out. It's weird and strange, and it troubles the peace of your house. But you may have never aligned that house. You may never have consecrated and dedicated that house and its grounds to the Lord of heaven. You say, Pastor, what in the world are you talking about? That is nuts. No, it's not. Can I ask you something? Have you ever thought about what went on in the construction of your house? You ever thought about who was constantly on the property? Have you ever, you ever thought about their mannerisms? You ever thought about what they were viewing on videos or cell phones? Have you ever talked about the kind of language that was going on when your house was built? You ever talked about the kind of sexual stuff that could have gone on in your property before you ever took any kind of ownership and got a deed to that house? You say, what are you talking about? Listen, folks, listen. The evil one is attracted and magnetized by that which is evil. Does that make sense to you? You wouldn't have any doubt when I say that the evil one hovers around drug activity, would you? All kinds of stuff come out of that. Do you not know that those things hidden in the darkness are a magnet by the evil spirits that are observing this earth? What kind of anger? What kind of bitterness? Can I tell you something? Demonic spirits are attracted by a spirit of anger and bitterness and outburst of anger. You've been involved in that, you need to get into repentance. You need to rededicate that ground to the Lordship of Jesus. 
Have you taken, sometimes I will just sense a troubling spirit in the atmosphere around my property. And I don't know how it got there. It doesn't matter. I just want it gone. So I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, under the authority of the blood of the Lamb, I come to the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth, who has invested that in me, and I declare every evil spirit must leave this property in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Be gone from here. You say, now, you're just getting weird here. Look. I've been to seminary and all that kind of stuff. They would consider me weird. But let me tell you, I read the book. And I heard where the boss spoke to demonic spirits and banished them. And he said, these signs shall follow those who believe in me. They shall cast out demons. So if you don't believe that, then tear that page out of your Bible. Amen. I want to tell you something else. When you begin to take that authority, you're, you're going to see a difference. You go to a hotel, do you not align the atmosphere of that hotel room? Can you imagine? All the stuff that is highly attracted to demonic spirits that has gone on in that hotel room. Can you imagine that? If you don't, if you don't bring that into life, if you don't say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I, am, I declare that the atmosphere of this hotel room is free of all demonic spirits and assignments. I don't know what all's going on here, and I don't have to know. But I declare that this space, while I'm here, is occupied by a child of God. And there is no troubling spirit that'll have any authority here. You get on an airplane. Some of you tell me as your pastor, we're going on a flight. We're going somewhere. You don't know it, but here's how I pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you right now, I ask you to give these, your children, these sheep that you've given me to help you with. I ask you to give them just the right flight. Give them just the right crew. Give them just the right, the right aircraft. Give them just the right pilot. I ask you in Jesus' name to dispatch holy angels all around their aircraft that you will make sure that they're protected. You say, you are absolutely nuts. You are overboard. Will y'all find you somewhere that might be a little more comfortable if you want to, because I'm not about to change. I've seen that there's warfare going on, and I've already seen where the authority is. Now I used to walk under that troubling spirit and not even know what was going on. Amen. Amen. Well, what's the point of this? Demons are territorial. Demons are territorial. They are attracted to certain activities. And they hang around areas where they have been welcomed or neglected. What, what do you mean by neglected? Nobody's claimed the ground for the kingdom of God. Those of you who own businesses, 
do you, de- do you dedicate the atmosphere of that business before the Lord? Do you align? Do you recognize, God, this is yours. Every bit of equipment, this is all yours. Every one of these, appoint- all of these employees, everything, Lord, it belongs to you. And I hereby declare that this atmosphere shall be free of demonic activity in the name of Jesus. You gave this business to me, and it's yours. It's just mine as a steward. You see, this is overboard. Oh, really? Really? What about 1 Thessalonians 5.17? Pray without ceasing. What about Philippians 4.6? Do not be anxious about anything. Instead, in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. What about Ephesians 6? Pray at all times under the control and direction of the Holy Spirit. Align. Recognize whose it is. Recognize His Lordship. And then release the authority that is yours in the name of Jesus. Do you know why you even pray in the name of Jesus? Because he, that, His authority has been invested in you. In his name means on the basis, not of my authority, not on the basis of my ability, but on the basis of the authority and ability of Jesus, I declare. In his name. In his name. Can I tell you something? The demons of hell hate it when you pray in his name. Would to God we would all get revelation of the authority that is in his name. That we'd get it. So we're talking about warfare prayer. Can I ask you something? How many of you have heard the term under a spiritual covering? Raise your hand. Do you even know what that means? There are those who declare that there's that, that doesn't exist. That, look, it is Old and New Testament. Do you know that there are times in the Old Testament where there are certain kings of Israel, and they wouldn't even make a decision without consulting priests and prophets to see, have you, do you have a word from God? They recognized that there was an authority greater than the army in that host, in the atmosphere where there were holy angels warring and working on behalf of God's people. There are multiple, multiple, multiple. By the way, turn to John 17. Let me show you this. John 17. Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep. The only great shepherd of the sheep. is praying for you and me in chapter 17. The whole chapter is a a recorded prayer of how Jesus is praying over us. I pray this prayer over you every day. It goes something like this. Lord, I pray that you will, for all of those that you've given me, for all of those you've given Dean and I to lead, I pray that you will keep us 
that your joy would be made full in us, that you would keep us from the evil one, that you would sanctify us in the truth. Thy word is truth. I sanctify myself on behalf of those you've given me, and I pray that you would make us one, O God. The recorded prayer of Jesus in John 17. What's the principle? There is a shepherd praying over the sheep. A shepherd is not there to control or manipulate or, or to be recognized as Mr. Wonderful. I told the men yesterday, you can call me anything you want to, I'll answer to a lot. But my favorite name is Pastor. Why? Because you recognize that I'm a called out servant. Servant. That's a high calling. A servant. To feed and lead and intercede for the sheep. You look at Paul's letters over and over and over and over and over and over again. He says, I pray for you without ceasing. I constantly pray for you. And then you have recorded incredible prayers. Like I pray that you will strengthen us with might in our inner man that Christ may be formed in us through faith that we'd be rooted and grounded in love and may truly come to know the length and depth and height and breadth and fully know by experience for ourselves the love of God that far surpasses mere knowledge. And now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that we ask or think. To him be glory in the church in Christ Jesus. I pray that over you every day. That we get greater revelation of the love of God. That he would keep you and fill you with his joy and sanctify you in the truth. And protect you from demonic spirits. Hallelujah. And I thank God upon every remembrance of you and the faith and love that you have through Christ Jesus our Lord. I pray that the Father of glory may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that you may truly come to know the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards you which he exercised and gave to you when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand far above all principality and mighty and might and world forces of darkness and gave him as head over all things to the church. I'm praying that you get revelation of that every day. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. You need a spiritual covering. Somebody who's called out and who's willing to labor and sacrifice. I woke up at four and couldn't go back today. Called out to pray. I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm a servant, man. It is just my duty. And I say to all of these who are listening to us, thousands around the world right now, you better find you a spiritual covering. Amen. God's idea. God's idea. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians. I'm hurrying this up. I want you to turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I want to show you something. Pastor, I don't need all that. It took me to my late 40s to get revelation of this. And when I got revelation of it, I told the men yesterday, it changed my whole life. It changed my ministry. 
1 Thessalonians chapter 5, are you there? Verse 12, we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. You know what that means? Instruct, teach, encourage, correct. You got somebody over you in the Lord. Recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord. I didn't have anybody over me in the Lord. I never had even recognized it. Didn't know anything about it. I was ignorant. When God began to show me who was over me, He had already planned somebody over me in the Lord, not to control or manipulate or tell me what to do, but to be a shepherd, to be before the throne on my behalf, to encourage me and protect me. Somebody who would intercede for me. Somebody who would believe in me. When I began to submit to somebody over me in the Lord, my whole ministry took off. My anointing increased. Financial blessing increased. Strength increased. I received healing and protection over you in the Lord. It's out of the love of the Father and a shepherd But shepherds can't cover you if they can't find you. I'm preaching just a little bit here now. (laughs) Over you in the Lord. What does Hebrews 13 say? Honor and obey those who lead you. Follow those who lead you, spiritually lead you. Now I'm reading from verse 17, 13 of Hebrews. Obey those who lead you in the Lord and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. You know what that means? People like me are going to see Jesus face to face who called me, and I am going to have to give an account to the one who entrusted me as a called out man and I am going to have to give an account of how I led you. That is a sobering thing. I feel the weight of that. This is not about having somebody that's celebrated as a hero. It's having a God-called man or woman to walk with you in a place of shepherding. Do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that pastors are to appoint spiritual leaders, elders in every place. Those who will be extensions of the shepherding ministry of a sheepfold. And now i got a surprise for you right here at the end. Because you're sitting there thinking, man, what a responsibility pastors have. And man, do we ever. You have no idea. You have no idea. I have people who thought they would try the ministry. They thought, you know, I can do that. I think I'd be good at it. What a disaster. You had better be called or you won't make it a month. Ooh, wait. 
turn to Revelation with me, chapter 2. I want to show you one brief thing. This is the surprise, chapter 1, I should say, of Revelation, chapter 1. Verse 5, this side of the cross, the resurrection, the Pentecostal outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 1, verse 5, to him, Jesus, who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us, everybody say, that's me, has made us kings and priests. Plural. He's made you a king and a priest. He's made you a king to rule with his authority over the realm that he's given you. In your home, your business, your family, he's given you authority to, provide, to prevail. He's made you a king, but he's also made you a priest. In the eyes of your God and Father, Jesus has made you a priest. He's called you out with a calling as a priest. You know what a priest does? Shepherds, intercedes, blesses, encourages, prays, intercedes for. That's what a priest does. Are you doing it? You're not only a king with authority, but you're a priest. Some of you men need to rise up and become priests in your house. A lot of times you moms already understand the priestly assignment of the Lord. But can I tell you something? God has placed, called out men and women in the church, but he's called out every one of you to be a king and a priest. What does that mean, practically speaking? You ought to find one, two, or three people that you absolutely trust and you believe that they will pray for you. And you ought to have that little circle that where you can call on anybody at any time in that circle for prayer, for whatever needs you may have, and you can tell them anything and they'll still love you when you've told them. Love you just unconditionally. And you know they will pray for you. You need to have you a circle of one, two, or three priests in your life. You talk about power. There's something powerful there. And I also want to tell you this in light of today's message. Nobody ever sends Dina and I a request for prayer that doesn't get taken right before the throne of God in prayer. We don't just say, we're praying for you and forget it. Let me tell you, we're serious about it. We're serious about it. Can we get through to God quicker than you? No. But God has set up spiritual leadership in his body. That's his idea. That's his idea. And I will tell you, if you'll connect with that, there will be blessing to you. There will be blessing. I will tell you this. Part of what I have to do as the shepherd of this flock is say no more often than I would like. 
I have said no to some people who had an agenda who have left the flock. And that's okay. That's okay. I will tell you this. I pray all the time that God would lead into this church those that he has assigned to come under this shepherdship. And I believe that that's you. I want you to know how much we love you. And I want you to know there's authority in your prayers. And there is such a thing as covering. Ask God how to connect with it. Let's all stand. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.